The Mercy Carver series by Jana Petkin. Book two, Blood Moon. Read by Marion Castle. Chapter 25 Jacob filled his glass with peach punch and walked towards the doorway between the entrance hall and the ballroom. He felt uneasy and impatient and his muscles were tense at the prospect of seeing Dupont twice in one day. Their mutual hatred for one another was like a bad habit that had to be broken for all that was achieved after their acrimonious bouts was anger and an even greater desire to best each other. He leant against the wall to the left of the doorway and cast his eyes around the room. No expense had been spared, he thought. The ballroom was beautifully decorated. Crystal chandeliers hovered above waltzing couples like a starlit sky. Food was laid out on long tables down one side of the room. Glasses sparkled and rattled in rhythm with the orchestra's music. A blaze of colours adjoined the invitees, grey and gold uniforms, ball gowns and government officials in exquisitely cut evening coats and silk cravats. The glorious South was putting on a show tonight, Jacob thought, and should there be a Union spy attending, he would go back to the North and attest to the Confederates' unified display of proud swagger. Jacob's eyes found General Magruder speaking to their president, Jefferson Davis. He watched the ease with which the two soldiers talked together and hoped the conversation between them would lead to new battle plans. Life had come to a standstill. Jacob was tired of his mundane existence in Yorktown, where his thoughts were not on war but on mercy. He would accompany her to a ball like this one day, he thought. Good evening, Captain Stone, a petite woman said, appearing next to Jacob. Good evening, ma'am, Jacob answered with a bow and pleasant smile. To whom do I have the honour of speaking? I'm Mrs. Regina Bartlett. My husband is Senator Jerome Bartlett. That's him, right there, the small stocky one wearing the pink cravat. She pointed to a man just a few feet away. I did tell him not to wear that one. I do detest that colour on him. It's an honour to meet you, ma'am. Pardon me if my memory is amiss, but have we already been introduced? Jacob asked, wondering why she had singled him out. No, we have not. But after I was informed of your presence, I just had to seek you out. I declare... I do feel a little uncomfortable meeting you without being properly introduced, but it's necessary on this occasion, Captain, on account of your wife, Elizabeth. You know, Elizabeth? I was hoping she would be here. I tried to see her today at her house, but unfortunately I was not successful. I'm not surprised to hear that. That horrible woman, Mrs. Mallory, doesn't allow anyone to see poor Elizabeth. I should know. 
I've tried to see her just about every day during the past two weeks, but I was almost forcibly removed from her porch in a most ungracious manner. I see. No, I don't think you do, Captain Stone. You see, I believe that Mrs. Mallory is holding Elizabeth prisoner. Jacob's eyes widened and stunned into silence at the forcefulness and gravity of Mrs. Bartlett's words, he could do nothing but stare in disbelief. He was desperate to see Elizabeth walk haughtily into the ballroom, head held high and with her usual confident manner. Only when he had seen her with his own eyes would he be satisfied that his worries about her safety were unfounded. Mrs. Bartlett's summations were very serious indeed. She didn't know DuPont, her history, or that she was talking about an old murdering whore. He was sure that Mrs. Bartlett would not have gone anywhere near Elizabeth's house had she known about the dangers she was putting herself in. This situation had to end tonight, he thought. He could easily slip into Elizabeth's house through an open window and slit DuPont's throat. He would be in and out in five minutes, it wouldn't take him more than an hour to dispose of her body in the nearest river and the world would finally be rid of her. Mrs Bartlett, please be so kind as to tell me why you suspect Mrs Mallory of holding Elizabeth against her will, he said. It has been some months since I have heard from my wife. Sadly, we were not compatible in marriage and are separated. But I am very fond of Elizabeth and won't tolerate any injustice aimed towards her. Mrs Bartlett shook her head in condemnation. Her smile was replaced with a disapproving scowl and her relaxed stance became rigid and tense. I am very aware of your separation. Elizabeth, poor girl, told me all about you and your affair with the Englishwoman. Had our meeting been under any other circumstances, Captain, I assure you that I would have given you a piece of my mind. However, I believe there are more pressing matters for us to discuss. Therefore, I will keep my thoughts about your behaviour to myself. I agree, Jacob told her respectfully, giving a gentlemanly bow. He would not be drawn into any conversation that would eventually end in insulting innuendos about mercy. He had suffered society's wrath for long enough, he thought, remaining poised and with the right amount of charm. Please continue, Mrs Bartlett. Yes, well, first you should know that Mrs Mallory has been very devious, very underhanded indeed. She somehow managed to persuade Elizabeth to allow the name of Mallory to be inscribed on the deeds to your wife's new house. I personally witnessed the conversation wherein Mrs Mallory declared that the house deeds were in her name for safekeeping, but that the property was in fact purchased in full by Elizabeth. I really don't know why a sweet, innocent woman like Elizabeth was not protected against a pariah such as Margaret Mallory, and Mrs. Mallory dared to say that the Yankees were going to invade Richmond. Why, I've never met anyone so disagreeable. Jacob was silenced. Thoughts were crowding his mind. Disbelief and rage were tumbling over each other. His heartbeat thumped wildly, making his breath quicken. DuPont had won another victory, using Elizabeth's naivety to steal the property he had paid for. 
Her next logical step would be to get rid of Elizabeth altogether, he thought. At some point, she'd become a liability, just like the innocent women DuPont had killed in Liverpool. Please, tell me more, Jacob said quietly. Why, I don't know what else I can tell you. I believe I've said enough to make anyone worry. She sighed heavily, flipped her fan open and began cooling her face. I declare I cannot sleep at night for fretting over poor Elizabeth. I have not been able to find out how she is, and she has not been seen in public for at least two weeks by anyone. I think you should go back to that house at the very first opportunity and find out exactly what is going on there. Elizabeth is still your responsibility, whether you like it or not. This is very true, Mrs. Bartlett, and I will do everything I can to help her, should she ask for it. Were both Elizabeth and Mrs. Mallory invited tonight? Yes, they were, and Elizabeth was especially looking forward to it. She was also eager to pay me a visit two weeks ago. However, she did not appear, nor did she send her apologies. She took a step closer to Jacob and whispered, I excluded Mrs. Mallory from the invitation. I could not bear that woman's company for another moment, not if you paid me in Confederate gold. Jacob took a quick look around the ballroom to make sure Elizabeth and DuPont had not slipped by him while he was listening to Mrs. Bartlett. He had been here for at least an hour, and Southern etiquette dictated that it was the height of bad manners to arrive late at a ball, especially this one, where the very first Confederate president was in attendance. Something was very wrong with Elizabeth, he thought, for she was too much of a lady to arrive tardily to such an important function. He turned to Mrs Bartlett, who seemed to be waiting for a satisfactory conclusion to the conversation. This is a mighty kind thing you're doing for Elizabeth, Jacob began. Thank you for your concern. Her well-being is most important to me. I'm very glad to hear that. So, what are you going to do? I'm going to take your advice and go back to Elizabeth's house. I have a feeling she might not be attending tonight, and that's a mighty worrisome thought. I know how much she enjoys balls. I'm anxious, Mrs. Bartlett. I don't think I will be missed if I leave discreetly, do you? It's worrying indeed. I am going with you, Mrs. Bartlett said. But, but nothing, Captain, she interrupted. My husband and the Richmond ladies can do without me for a while, and poor Elizabeth might need my comfort in hand. Why, what kind of Richmond ladies' society are we if we don't support our own kind? My carriage is right outside. Jacob smiled to himself. Mrs. Bartlett was determined to have some excitement tonight. Her eyes were flashing like a huntress, and he knew that there was absolutely nothing he could say to dissuade her from accompanying him. Ma'am, please understand that this is a delicate situation, and I insist you ask permission from your husband and that you tell him where you are going and why. Yes, yes, you're right, I suppose. Jerome will worry. We'll take his aide, John, with us. Now don't you move from that spot, Captain Stone. Do you hear me? Jacob nodded. His meeting with Mrs. Bartlett had been fortuitous, he decided. She would keep DuPont in check 
and her husband's aide would make a credible witness should anything go wrong at Elizabeth's house. Dupont wouldn't dare to act up in front of the senator's wife. She valued her reputation too much, and she had already lost her good name in Portsmouth, thanks to Jacob's few choice words in Sheriff Manning's ear. Jacob had wondered for a while why Elizabeth had not heard the truth about her dear friend Margaret until Manning had enlightened him, saying that he would rather keep the information to himself because he was too damn embarrassed to tell anyone that he'd been bedding a whore-madam for months. Jacob watched Mrs Bartlett speak to her husband from his position next to the double doors. From behind, she looked like a child talking to a father on tiptoes, so slight was she of frame and height. She turned and pointed to him. He lifted his hand in greeting and then waited until he was called over to be introduced. This was going to be a very important night, he thought, walking towards the senator, for games with Dupont were well and truly over. Tonight, all outstanding issues would be dealt with one way or another. He was only sorry that Mercy could not be here to see her torturer's downfall.